millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week, the Irish Times reports that the Guardi are dramatically reducing the number of members who carry guns. This comes after a review found that over a quarter of the members of the supposedly unarmed force are now armed. That our police force is unarmed is a source of pride, a sign that we're a civilised and peaceful society. It's a national privilege, and it's one we are reminded of when we visit a foreign country and an armed policeman walks by. In fact, only 17 other countries in the world can boast the same thing. So the news that so many of our Gardaí carry guns may come as a surprise. What may be even more surprising is how the Gardaí came to be unarmed in the first place. The truth is that it wasn't founded as an unarmed force. Conor Brady is a former Irish Times editor and later served as the first commissioner of the Garda Ombudsman. But I'm also a historian of Irish policing. I've written uh, two histories of the Garda. Connor explained to me how our unarmed force was born out of necessity in the chaotic aftermath of the War of Independence. The original plan was for a fully armed police force, just like the RIC. Michael Collins was the driving force. Collins had been uh, the Royal Irish Constabulary's greatest enemy, and he had effectively given orders to destroy the force. But he hugely admired its resilience and its discipline. Inspired by the armed RIC, Collins ordered the creation of a new armed police force. No one was even talking about an unarmed force at that time, and things quickly started to go wrong. 2,000 guards were recruited and uh, drawn mainly from IRA brigades all over the country. They were brought in there to be trained as new policemen of the state. The new recruits were former IRA men, many of them hardened guerrilla fighters, whose loyalty to the fledgling free state was not guaranteed. They quickly split into pro-treaty and anti-treaty factions, and they also became very resentful of the fact that Collins had brought in quite a few members of the old RIC to train them. And these men were given senior ranks. They were made in sergeants, inspectors, superintendents. Uh, the IRA men, uh, took the view, well, if these good jobs are going, we should have them. Uh, Collins argued, you know, these were men who worked for me. Uh, the guards in the barracks said, we didn't know that, and therefore they mutinied. They took over the Kildare barracks at gunpoint. The Commissioner Michael Staines and his staff were forced to flee, and the Dublin government had a big problem. They were afraid that this significant body of men, a thousand armed trained men, would go over to the anti-treaty side. So the decision was taken to disarm them. Staines was gone, a new commissioner, Owen O'Duffy, was appointed, and O'Duffy effectively tricked the guards. O'Duffy told the recruits they were being moved to a new barracks, a much better one. The men were told to board one set of lorries and their guns were packed into a second set that would follow them. The men, the original guardie, were then moved to their shiny new barracks, but the second set of lorries got lost along the way. They never saw their guns again. They were paraded the following morning by O'Duffy, who told them that they were now members of an unarmed police force. Uh, not all of them actually liked this, as you can imagine. Uh, so quite a few left. And that's how we got the unarmed force. Not because we were so peaceful, but because even our police couldn't be trusted with guns. It was a, a snorted combination of uh, diplomacy, vision, uh, and a bit of state of hand as well. 
I'm not sure who actually came up with the concept of the unarmed Garda or who decided to put the spin on it. But the spin that was put on it was hugely effective. And O'Duffy was very clever and he used the newspapers to promulgate this concept. We are a civilized country. Our policemen are unarmed. They go forth armed only with the moral authority of the people behind them. They will be the the moral exemplars of a new civilized uh, Irish state. So it, it, it was a wonderful piece of spin, a wonderful piece of propaganda, and it's, uh, it's still doing the job it was invented to do. Our unarmed force may still be a source of pride, but figures revealed in the Irish Times show that by 2019, 27% of Gardaí held firearms authorisation. Many of these Gardaí held desk jobs or had little dealings with violent crime. This growth in the number of Gardaí with guns has been driven by two things. Number one, the expansion of the armed support units. These are specialist teams who are highly trained in the use of firearms. The second driver is the appointment of increasing numbers of Gardaí as detectives, who are entitled to carry guns as part of their role. Since 2019, the number of detectives has increased by 34%, a figure which far outstrips the growth rate of the force in general. The presence of more armed Gardaí on the streets during the height of the Hutch-Kinahan feud and the recent gang violence in Drogheda was broadly welcomed by politicians and by the general public. And there is little doubt they have been effective. Between 2016 and 2019, the Garda estimated it has foiled up to 60 gangland hits. But some people have concerns. Diren Ansbro, uh, Senior Research and Policy Officer for the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. ICCL has been concerned for some time that we're seeing a rise in the number of armed Gardaí um, on our streets and in particular in certain areas. Duran says people are becoming more aware of the number of Gardaí with guns thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. I think during COVID a lot of members of the public who wouldn't normally have seen these armed Gardaí were beginning to see this kind of a rise or unexpected numbers of, of Gardaí carrying guns, whether it was at checkpoints or at um, train stations, involved in the essentially the, the public health operation. And we received a lot of um, messages from members of the public expressing concern at this, reflecting some concerns that we've had for, for some time. If we are moving from an unarmed police force, which has been a, a hallmark of policing in this state since, since its foundation, to um, a more widely armed police force, there needs to be a very um, sort of widespread democratic debate about that to make sure there is buy-in from, from the public about this. We also need to make sure that the rules and protocols around both who is entitled and authorised to carry guns on our streets, but also when they can use them legally. Um, we need those rules to be public. Um, we need there to be consultation about them. And in particular, we need to ensure that they comply with our human rights obligations and, and um, general international standards around the use of force and the use of firearms. But we also know that um, much research uh, says that what you know the, the best way to respond to rising crime is actually early intervention with young offenders, social and economic investment in, in certain areas, um, potentially the decriminalisation of drugs. There's a, there's a myriad of policy responses, um, not just guns. So we need to know what the evidence is for the necessity um, or, or the, the, the supposed necessity of more guns on our streets. Last year, an internal review of the use of guns by the Gardaí was carried out. And as a result, they started a new process of disarmament. So far, about 1,000 firearms authorisations have been withdrawn. 
The aim now, say Gardy, is to move towards a model common in UK police forces, where fewer detectives carry weapons, while armed response is provided almost exclusively by specialist units which have more training, units like the Armed Support Unit and the Emergency Response Unit. Whether the Gardaí should still be considered an unarmed police force is another question. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.